so we're just going to get right into it because I'm going to leave plenty of time for him to impart uh, who he is, him and Michael, in this house for uh, as far as worship goes and prophetic stuff. So, man, I came across your, what you do um, on Instagram. Obviously, you guys are doing a great job, you know, getting the, the fire out there, the stuff that you're doing on the streets and in the subways. And so you're from... Lakeland, Florida, yes. but you do a lot of stuff in New York. Yes, right? sir. Yep. And I, I just want to say, man, like we're honored to have you. I love what you're doing. It's so like profound and so simple at the same time. It's like, why not sing prophetic songs over the lost and the broken? What a beautiful way to reach the heart because sometimes music and sound just surpasses people's minds and just bam. And so I love what you're doing. I love the fact that you have captured God's heart for the broken. So when I connected with you and I invited you, I'm like, I want what you carry to be imparted to us as a community because the body of Christ now more than ever needs to take personal responsibility for the Great Commission. And so can we just one more time just honor, welcome, and thank God that he's here. So I want to ask you, first question, um, like, maybe what launched you into what you're doing now? Do you, like, was it a, a testimony of an encounter you had with the Lord or, or something? Yeah, I think the thing that launched me into where I'm at, what I'm doing now, is curiosity. Um, I was in the local church context for decades, still am, love the local church with everything inside of me, that's why we're here today, and we travel and meet with a ton of local churches, um, but we were actually commissioned out, my wife and I, to go plant a church in Lakeland uh, from the home church that I'm connected to, Deeper Fellowship, about a week and a half after we were commissioned to start the rally nights and all that, uh, COVID hit, and it kind of sort of sucked the wind out of our sail. We had worship night that we were leading there had, you know, several people coming and had a leadership team. And when that happened, again, it just kind of sucked the, the, the wind out of the sail, so to speak. So we just started praying, pressing in, asking the Lord, my wife and I, God, what are you saying? What, what does it look like this season for us? We thought it looked one way, but it feels like it's turning and it's, it's not that way right now. What are you saying? And so I started a small little house meeting at my house on Sunday nights, and uh, he had just started stirring me up in my own personal time for uh, just activation and teaching the body to become fully activated in purpose and destiny, who God called them to be. And so we really started talking a lot at these uh, small house meetings about activation. We'd have time. We would just get lost in the Holy Ghost, get wrecked in the Holy Ghost. And they were like, this is amazing, but what, what are we doing after this? What happens when the tongue is done? You know what I'm saying? And so then um, Holy Spirit started just stirring me up and just said, okay, you've been preaching it. Now it's time to walk it out. And he gave me this idea. He said, you know, primarily you've been in the four walls, but your main gift has been worship. What if you go and you begin to release my presence in these uncommon places? And so, uh, really, yeah, so really, I, I said, okay, like, this is kind of scary, kind of nerve-wracking, um, 
But I just, I can't shake it. I know you're saying it. I know you're, you're stirring me. And so he literally like just piqued my curiosity for this thing. What could happen? What could happen? What could happen? And I said, well, guess I'll never know till I step into it. So anyways, that's what led me there. Oh, I love that, man. Uh, we uh, planted a church in Las Vegas, and some of the people that are here know some of these stories, but we had uh, conferences that were really like, that was the heart of it, is take the encounter that you have with the Lord, with his love, and let it overflow to the broken world. And we would send out what we called love explosion teams. And I had a friend, I don't know if you've ever heard of Jason Chin. He's with Bethel. So if you Google those of you that are here too, Google Disneyland Revival, Whoa. and you'll see he went to. He had a dream in his heart for years to go to Disneyland and just release heaven. And he went, and all these people started getting healed. These kids were like taking, uh, you know, things casts off and slings off, and they're cussing. What the beep is going on? You know, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, so we would have him out. Yeah. He has a Love Says Go Academy, and it's like an online thing, but he, he lives it. He lives, yeah. you know, when I hang out, and it's contagious. Yeah. It's contagious. Yeah. So when I thought of, like, oh, man, Ryan's going to be town. We got to, I want to host him, you know. I'm like, I, it's, it's so important that the body of Christ learns to honor the gift that somebody is, and there's a blessing and an anointing. And a lot of times in our churchianity, we do get stuck. We get stuck in this place of, like, well, you know, we do church and then that's it. But it's like, well, wait a minute. What's the purpose if I'm being equipped for destiny? And, and a lot of times we're not bold because we don't realize that we carry the same presence of God as these anointed psalmists and everybody else. Like the same Holy Ghost is in you and I. And, and you know, it could be a simple, hey, can I pray for you? It could be anything. It doesn't have to be, you know, we don't need a Michael behind his back and us up on keys. That'd be great. Can you imagine that? But... Um, I love that, man. Is there something you wanted to touch on? I, saw you I was just, um, I was intrigued by two things you said. It was really mainly just made my heart laugh. <laughs> so the first thing was you said, churchianity. Did I hear that right? Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Um, and then the other thing uh, was the revival at Disney. Like, yeah. Yeah. that stirred something in me. I'll send you the video. Yeah, I want to see that. That's powerful. incredible. Sorry, that wasn't really revelatory. It was just uh, made, my, made my spirit laugh. And when I say churchianity, trust me, like I, I'm a pastor. I believe in that God blesses the local church, and he fitly frames us together, and we're a dwelling place for God. But we, uh, we're supposed to advance the kingdom of God. And, and so I love the bride of Christ, but sometimes the bride needs a little wake-up call. And we have to do our part as a body, but we also have to take personal responsibility for the Great Commission. And I feel like you've done that, and you're modeling something that's like a new fragrance in the body of Christ. It's beautiful. One of the first videos I saw, I don't remember who it was you sang over. It was a, a thinner black dude, and, and he just immediately, man, that just was overcome with the love of God. And he's just wiping tears away. And uh, I think it was, you're singing over him, you're saying, it's... I'm not through with you yet or something like that. You probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, if you were to share one of those testimonies, like you could probably share dozens, which one would it be? Like that yeah. you could just share with us something powerful that happened. That's always so hard because there really has been so much. Um, I tell you one that I was telling a brother last night. Uh, this one always resonates from my heart. 
So we went down to the New York subway for the first time. We'd never been down there. I'm a Florida boy. Don't know much about the culture in NYC. Just going on a word, you know what I'm saying? So we get out there and we set up. We had already got shut down two times that day from the cops because I was going with the Holy Ghost. I was going by faith and I didn't get no permits, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so uh, I said, God, well, we spent all this money on all these plane tickets and all this hotel. These cops keep shutting us down. We're going to keep pressing in. We're going to find a, a, a landing spot at some point. So we finally made it to this other subway terminal, and we were sitting down on the platform of the subway. And I think you're, you're probably never supposed to do that. I don't think they ever give permits for that. But uh, we were right there by the trains. And, I mean, they were just going crazy, flying by us in and out. And we almost got things set up. And again, we were, we were a little nervous because we had never done the subways before. We had already got shut down twice. So we're looking over our shoulder every two seconds and trying to see who's out there, trying to see who's looking for us. Well, we start hearing this guy just going off, like hollering, just cussing and going nuts. And he comes up and he starts engaging us and getting in our face and just hollering and screaming and cussing and all this mess. And Again, I'd, we had never been out there. We didn't even turn the, the sound gear on yet. Um, and I said, oh, snap. Like, we're here. We're here for it now. My, my video guy that travels with us, he's from New York. And he's nudging me. He's like, brother, I, I think it's time to roll. I think we need to look for a different spot. And I was like, the devil is alive, bro. <laughs> so, so I just said, man, Holy Spirit is, is telling me we need to stay. Like, we're here for this moment. And so uh, this boldness came over me, and Michael finally got the gear going, and we started singing, there's power in the name Jesus, to break every chain, to break every chain. And man, I'm telling you, his countenance went from a fit of rage, him just mad at the world that day, to sitting on the park bench, just weeping uncontrollably and it was almost like a movie right when we were done his train got there he walked in the train the door closed he leans over and looks at us out the window with a huge smile and starts waving at us as the train just leaves so then that encounter marked me because this was our first sort of experience in the subways and um, this was months after that, about six months after that, I just kept feeling this nudge like the Lord was going to reconnect us. This guy's name was Leroy. He was going to reconnect, reconnect us with Leroy. About six months later, we're on a flight, me and Michael back up to New York. I lean over to Michael. I says, bro, I said, I really feel like we're about to run into Leroy on this trip. I believe God's going to do something supernatural. And I said, just join faith with me. Let's start praying that way. Let's start believing God for that. So we're on the last day. We're out in a public square lifting up worship like we always do. I'm sitting there with my eyes closed, about in tears, just feeling the presence of God so strong. And I look up, and standing in front of me was Leroy. And, uh, and, and I was just overwhelmed with, number one, the, the goodness of God. Like, when you begin to pray specific things like that and then God starts doing it, it builds this God confidence in you. 
We're saying, man, like, God, you are hearing us. And, man, we're on to something, not, not in our own ability, but we, we've tapped into something here in the spirit realm. And you're doing something, and you're among us. You're moving. And, and I don't know about you, just as Pastor said earlier today, like, man, Exodus 33, that was the reality of Moses. Like, God, we've been with you, and we don't want anything else. And we're willing to pay whatever cost. And so when you get those small nudges along the journey that he's with you still, that he's among you, that he's just loving on you as a papa, man, my heart was just rejoicing in that moment. But it got even gooder. So we, uh, <laughs> we started talking with Leroy and um, man, we had a, another powerful encounter with him. I said, bro, you know, do you remember our last encounter? And he didn't remember any of it. Uh, he said, I, I think I kind of know you, but I don't remember what happened. And we started just rehearsing it with him. And man, the Lord fell again. We sang power in the name of Jesus over him again. This time his countenance was totally different. He looked like a totally different man. And I knew he was sober-minded. The Lord was doing something. And so anyways, this was funny. So we were with some people. And I says, man, I said, don't leave, Leroy. I want to take you to lunch. I want to get to know you. I want to hear your story. I want to love on you. Leroy, so God keeps moving in that setting. And I'm there for probably another 30, 40 minutes. And Leroy's like, bruh, I'm hungry, dog. I got to go. So he just peels. I'm like, what in the world, man? I was trying to get your number, bro. I was wanting to stay connected to you. I kid you not. The third go around, I start praying, God, please let us reconnect with Leroy today before we leave here. And so some of the people that were rolling with us, they ran into him at McDonald's. <laughs> I said, Leroy, bro, I was going to take you to a steakhouse, doc. You went to McDonald's. Come on. So anyways, <laughs> they run into him at the McDonald's. And I says, I, I, they call me, says, bro, we're, we're here with Leroy. I said, dude, get that brother's number. So we got his number that day, and we've been connected and just loving on Leroy. But I know that was a little lengthy, but that was a super powerful encounter that we had. So good, so good. I love your heart to uh, want to just share a meal with them and just get to know them and connect I feel like sometimes our model of evangelism is to get a notch on our belt or a YouTube like or whatever. But I feel like your heart is so sincere to just see people encounter the Lord, but also relationally connect. And because uh, discipleship doesn't happen without relationship. And it's just beautiful, man. I love that. You know, I wanted to um, ask you another question. And uh, a little bit off the script here, what I have, we were talking about my friend Jason Chin. And when we connected, I got to know him, and we started having him at our conferences in Las Vegas. It was, it was contagious because there's, there's an impartation. And what I noticed was, like, watching somebody do the stuff turns your heart, you know. And I'm reminded of Matthew 9 where Jesus is moved with compassion. He sees the people, and, um, and he's looking at them and they're like sheep without a shepherd and he's doing the kingdom stuff, healing the sick and all that. Um, and then he says, look at the harvest. And because he revealed his heart, they, they had eyes to see the harvest. Something happens when God does what he does within our hearts. We see differently. And, and then he prays, you know, of course we all know the scripture, pray for labors. And then Jesus answers his own prayer and sends out the labors. <laughs> It's not that complicated. Like prayer is not just something we just talk to God about. It's to partner with heaven. 
and say, Lord, how can I usher in the reality of your kingdom in the earth? But there was something about watching Jason, watching you, like watching somebody that just does it. It's like, and it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be able to sing to do the stuff, to love the broken. You have to take your gift and who you are and let it overflow. Let who you are overflow to the world around. And, and what, I, what I love, though, is just the simple reality that every single one of us just, we need to capture God's heart for humanity. God loves people more than we could comprehend, you know. Um, and instantly, man, when I, I'm like, I, you know, th- and that's what we want. So we, as a church, as a body, um, there is... There's something that happens, I think, in, in every region, in every city, where we just get stuck. But we want to get unstuck. And we want, I love that story, the songs of deliverance. Like the scripture talks about songs of deliverance. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't like go over and, you know, ask the devil what his name was and cast it out. Right. You literally sang. I'm not saying that's all bad. Uh, but sometimes there's an overemphasis on that. You know, I've heard yeah. stories of Heidi Baker loving demons out of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what if we just loved the crap out of broken humanity in a way, and in 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 like relationally inviting people to our table? My wife and I started doing that before we planted the church, and it was like the Lord, and we don't tell a lot of people this, but it was like the Lord says, all right, start doing it. Like, you see somebody that's broken, love on them. And we would nudge each other. See that lady, there was, you know, some lady in the store, and she's incoherent and only wearing a bra and shorts and and I'm like, honey, go release heaven over her, you know? And, yeah. and then and the same thing, hey, there's this young man, let's invite him, and let's, let's feed him, let's pray for him, you know? And just taking those little steps, activating, just loving on broken people, it's so powerful. Then when we planted the church, we're like, all right, anyone is welcome here. And we just began to see pimps, prostitutes, like just radical transformation. Yeah. And uh, because our hearts were open. But what is that process? Like in you, what was it? You shared a little bit of it, but what could you share about what that, the words that I'm using for it is capturing God's heart for people. How did that happen in you that got you out of the box of churchianity to really be the bride? Because the bride, I love that there's a metaphor here, but there's a prophetic thing. The bride, the body of Christ, is like a symphony, has a song that the world is waiting to hear. And you're releasing it, man. And I think it's so profound. But what is, in your words, how would you communicate for us, for myself, for all of us, how do, how do I capture God's heart for the world so that I could be Jesus to the world? You know, I'm going to answer this maybe slightly unconventional, but I feel like it's my honest answer. Um, for me, I feel like that for years prior to where I'm at right now, I, I would go into an environment or have an idea or something of that nature for ministry or what God had called me to do. And I'd present it back to the Lord and I'd say, God, would you bless this thing? And this is the first time in my life that I feel like I've stumbled into God's idea. Where I stepped into it and honestly stepped into it blind 
And to be completely honest, I, I'm such a presence guy. So like what was going on this morning, that's my tribe, y'all my people. Like I can stay in this place for like two weeks with y'all and go with the best of, maybe even two months, who knows, maybe two years, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I'm a presence guy for life. Um, and so for me, I I can honestly say I didn't have this overwhelming burn for the lost, which is horrible, <laughs> which is absolutely horrible. Um, but again, my context was mainly local church, local church, local church for the last several decades. And that doesn't mean you don't have a heart for the lost, but that's just where I was, to be honest with you. Um, we get so, uh, not in this house, praise God, but in many circles, we can get so domesticated. Um, so where we, we know how to do the church thing, and that's where we start making up funny phrases like churchianity and all that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so I was out in uh, the subway. Uh, it's just like one of our first times out there, maybe two or three times we'd, we'd been. And I was just on my knees, just worshiping. Um, and when I go out, like, it just depends on what the Lord's doing in that moment. Sometimes... I'll, I'll engage people with, like, the preached word uh, or the gospel, right? I don't do that a ton. Um, I mainly just start loving on Jesus. And the atmosphere gets so thick in that, in that subway. I mean, you can ask Michael. Like, we get caught up in the presence of God. I mean, just like we're here in the church, we're feeling him, like, out there in a, in a major way. And so... We get so caught up, and I think it was the second or third time we went out there, there was this guy, um, and, and he, he came up, and I'm, I'm just going to describe him so people can get a mental picture. This was around ha- uh, Halloween, and he had a, a wolf's mask on. Like, it was a wolf's mask. And again, I was just caught up. My eyes was closed. I was crying. I look up. My wolf's mask guy was standing in front of me. I was like, oh, Lord, it's, it's game time. Like, we about to get, we about to get in, in this, you know, about to see what's up. So, anyways, Wolf's Mask, he's got, like, uh, women's underwear, like, pulled up high on him. And, like, it was, it was crazy. A netted shirt, like, just describing him to paint the picture. But I looked up, and immediately the Lord just said, just keep singing to me. So I kept singing to the Lord, and I started singing popular worship songs that we sing in local church, right? And this brother took the mask, lifted it up. He wouldn't take it all the way off, which I thought was funny too, but he lifted it up, and he, was, he lifted his hands and started singing every song that I was singing word for word. And I said, okay, the Lord is, is doing something. He's drawing him. And there was a seed that was planted on the inside of this man somewhere along the way. He knows about Jesus. And in that moment, my heart was broken for humanity. And I felt like for the first time I saw God, or excuse me, I saw people the way God sees them. 
And, and he started really downloading things that day and for months to come after that on the way he sees people, on the way he, he calls us to engage with people. And, man, we just got around that brother, my team and I. We're all just men, you know what I'm saying? And so we got around that brother and, and hugged that dude and cried with that dude and loved on that dude and commanded the stuff to come off of him and just all the stuff, right, that, that God has told us we could do. But it was in that moment, and it was a moment that I really wasn't anticipating to really see people the way God sees them, um, because I was just like, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit more normal than that. But it was so bizarre, that, that, that approach, that guy, the way he was, but the Lord just, I feel like the Lord broke religiosity off of me in that moment to begin to love well. And I believe that there was a significant seed planted in him. So beautiful. So under the mask Did of that help at all. I feel, oh, I no, feel it's like perfect. It's okay. beautiful. I, I, it's so prophetic too. Like I'm sitting here thinking under the mask of the world's rage, there's a face, there's a person and they have a song and, and they're groaning and longing to, to join in the song. Cause they've been included, adopted, and, and God's just waiting for him to come home. Every city we go to, and I mean every, there hasn't been one time where we haven't seen grown, burly men that do not know Jesus, have no context for church. So the guys that look like me. Like you, yeah, like me. Like you know what I'm saying? Big beards. We're just, we're just out there. You know what I'm saying? And, like and, Max. Yes. Every, every time, every time, those are the guys that the Lord just stops and it's so funny, I'll watch them, man. They'll, they'll just, they'll sit with us for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I won't say nothing. I'll just keep going hard in the presence, and I'll look up, and they're just wiping tears, wiping tears. Every city that we go into, I don't, I don't think there's been one yet that we haven't seen God do that. So said all that to just affirm and, and just re-say what Pastor already said, that that was the beauty of, of what I'm seeing out there is that um, the issue is never, ever, ever the harvest. It's always the laborers. And if we'll go, if we'll go, you might say, bro, I'm not called to the streets. That's fine. I, I wouldn't either, be honest with you. Um, but what I am called to is New Testament Christianity. Um, and, and, and many people, they tag what we're doing, evangelism, and I get it. It gives it a language, right? It gives us, it gives it language to describe kind of what we're doing to the church folks. But when I talk to Gen Z, they don't call it evangelism. They say, oh yeah, you're just actually doing what Jesus said you're supposed to do. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, I, I think that again, we can get so churchified. We can, we can come in these moments if we're not not careful and and we can we can say man i have uh contributed to the kingdom by just showing up here on the sunday morning and the truth is is that you have you have but there's so much more there's so much more there's so much more um, and man, I, I, I was not even knowing the history of rochester i was flying in uh yesterday and on the plane I try to do this as often as I can. I'll just start rumbling in the spirit and just asking the Lord, Lord, what are you doing in this region? I want to feel what you're feeling. 
I want to know what you know. I want to know what you know about this region. I want to know your heart for this region. I take what we're doing extremely seriously because I have a wife and two kids at home. And so if Jesus ain't in it, man, I want to stay home with my boys. I want to stay with my wife. I want to be home. And, 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 but yet God has called us to do this. And so we're going to these regions and we're rumbling up. We're saying, what are you saying? And I felt in the spirit that there has been old wells of revival that have been capped and also new wells that need to be dug and I'm just telling you and then I get here I didn't even realize the lineage of uh, Finney and everything that I did not realize that about Rochester and so I'm just saying where's the people of God where is the people of God and I'm just telling you I'm just telling you the revival the awakening that's coming uh, it will not look like Finney's revival uh, it just won't um and I think that the local church will be a part of stewarding what God is doing. But I think that it will, uh, it won't be solely housed. It can't be solely housed in buildings like this. Uh, if Rochester is really going to see a full demonstration of the Spirit of God and who the Holy Spirit is, uh, they've got to see him at, at the grocery store. They've got to see him at the lawyer's office. They've got to see him... And I just tell one more thing, and I'll, I'll be quiet. Man, I get so long-winded. Sorry. <laughs> I start feeling the fire of the Holy Ghost. It's like Jeremiah shut up in my bones, man. So, so one of my best friends is an attorney. And, um, and this brother has challenged me so, so much. And I'm telling this because I, I feel like it's going to be an example, and it's even going to give some business leaders full permission in this room. Come on, hear me, man of God. Hear me, woman of God. The misconception is, man, you live radical when you're, when you're in your 30s, and you still have a lot of life to build, and there's not much risk to take. That's the lie. That is the lie. My friend, he's an attorney. He said the Holy Spirit, he's a personal injury attorney, which I don't, I mean, that and being Holy Ghost filled is like oxymoron. Like, they don't go together typically. But this brother is Holy Ghost filled. And he said, the Lord told me, he's radical. He said, the Lord told me to turn the, the attorney call line into a prayer line. And every time somebody calls, we'll talk about their case for a little bit. And before I even accept the case, I'll just say, hey, I believe that the Lord wants to heal you. And they're calling him, and he could make a substantial amount of money off their case if he goes and fights it. And he's supposed to be trying to build the case that they're hurt and they're jacked up. He says, I, I just believe the Holy Spirit wants to heal you. And he'll start praying for them. And he says, eight times out of ten, the person's healed. And then they say, okay, well, yeah, yeah, let's still keep talking about that case. He says, you're healed. We don't, we don't need to talk about the case anymore. You're healed. And he said that he has seen his finance since he made that vow to God every single month for the last nine to ten months 
increase almost double every single month that he's made that commitment to the Lord. Somebody needs to hear that in the room. Some business leader, you need to hear that. That we're not attorneys that happen to be Christians. We're not businessmen that happen to be Christians. But we are sons. We're daughters that happen to be in this occupation. And if you'll shift that focus, I'm telling you, revival will birth out right in your business, right in your practice. Not only revival, but you'll see the resource of heaven. You'll see the increase of heaven like you've never seen in your entire life. Step out the boat. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Step out the boat. I'm sorry, Pastor, but I felt the Lord on that. So good. So good. How many are ready to just move forward with what God's called us to do as a people, individually, be Jesus to the world? Just simply capture his heart. Lord, touch our hearts so we can see with your eyes. We're going to open up the altars in a moment. I'll ask you to close your eyes. Would you just pray? Pray in the spirit. Actually, if you would, just stand. Can we stand together? Just stay reverent to the Lord. And we're going to invite Ryan to just minister prophetically and worship, whatever he feels stirring. Father, we thank you for this moment. I just, uh, right before I began to pray, I just saw a lot of young people encountering the Lord. And I want to I do a call if you're, if you're younger in this place, teenager, young adult, and you want the real deal, I want you to just quickly come up here. Just quickly. The altars are open. Come, come, come now. Just fill this front. You want to encounter the Lord? Just come. Fill, fill the front. And begin to cry out to the Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. If you want God to brand your heart, maybe you, you want a prophetic word. We're not asking Ryan to sing prophetically over everybody but if the Lord leads him I'm sure he'll listen and we want to just open the altars up to anybody that's hungry for that Thomas so good to see you so good to see you you're a David you're a David the Lord's marked you the Lord reminded me it's crazy I haven't seen you in a couple months the Lord reminded me of the story you told me he said hey when you preached on David it confirmed God's call on my life. I thought about that last week and I have not seen you in months. God's about ready to just brand your heart something fresh, an encounter. It's going to position you to walk differently. Can we lift our voices in prayer right now? And we're going to just, again, I want to open the altars. Anyone else, just come. Just come. Fill this place. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's ask him to do what he wants to do in us, in Jesus' name.